And you're with Pastor Troy here. We're on the dock.org, Tuesdays and Thursdays. You got the gang and the posse is in the house around the cottonwood table. We haven't talked about the on the dock song. My old buddy Otis, our own version of it in house. And we're sitting around the cottonwood table. We got our chairs, we got our people, we got our team ready to go. And we're gonna we're gonna have conversations that are gonna propel your faith out of the shallows and into the deep. We're going to get out there today. We're having a good time so far in this season three, third episode. Uh, this kicks us off this year, so we're excited about that and and getting there. Go back and check out those first couple episodes. We are visible on YouTube, Spotify, and iTunes. You can go back and watch our stuff. You can go well. You can't go forward and watch our stuff because Donna just releases stuff when it's supposed to be released. But once it's been released, you can go back. I guess you can go back and watch it. Google Play, Facebook, Roku is also available. Rumble, SermonNet, and also we'd love to hear from you on our Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Telegram. And Getter. Oh, he's got our lower thirds up there. Yeah, good job. Hey, there we go. Colt's in his third episode. He's discovered the lower thirds. Facebook, Instagram, there. Twitter, Telegram, and Getter. There you go. Can you show our main channels up there? Again, YouTube, Spotify, and iTunes. Well, Colt, we, we have these others for people that Google Play is kind of nice to. But these three, we're trying to get for people. I want you to know what we're doing. The more volume we get in a YouTube, the better they are to us. We we don't have enough volume to get anything from them yet. But someday when we have thousands and thousands, they'll, they'll send us money for microphones and stuff like that. They help you. They monetize you. So we want you to go to YouTube if you can. Spotify iTunes does the same thing. And you get on their list, and then they promote you more. Google Play will do that, and Facebook will do it, and Rumble will do that. But uh, we're trying to focus on three so we can get the mass crowd. Now, I prefer Rumble over YouTube a lot of times because they don't edit but so far on the dock has been pretty safe i don't know they don't mess with us I, we're controversial dude but our church has trouble sometimes on youtube and facebook but we haven't here so check those out and we always want to hit you i'll let you do lower thirds i'm not going to use my screen subscribe hit like notify and tell other people about what we're doing on that and there's some keys on different things go find that subscribe key your hit your like your notify and share it with others copy the paste it over to them tell people they got to watch it if they don't watch it you won't buy them anything for christmas uh and then go to my patreon site i've got the full screen graphic up but he's got a lower third oh look that's cute become a partner download the app my patreon go find on the dock with pastor troy and there are four levels of partnership and you can get a cup there's a, there's a level where you get a cup you know there's a level where you get two cups and you can be a partner and help us and support us a little bit and help us bring other guests and, and equipment on here and things like that that we need we'd love to have you do that that's my emphasis season is to get you to partner back with us even if it's a five dollar a month partnership 10 20 or 50 and then if you've got a business or you got a christian or christian business particularly um we're not gonna do anything heathenistic uh but but if you're out there you're a christian man Christian woman of God, you've got a business. We'd love to hear about that. Thank you for getting rid of that buzzing. That was a good idea. Yeah, that rookie mistake, rookie mistake. The buzzing was is my laptop. But uh, if you're out there and uh, you want to become a partner, sponsor, sponsorship, we focus in on your business. We give you uh, space on the table and stuff like that. And we even have a level where we do shows with you. We'll bring you in, talk about what you're doing, philosophy of business, and we'll talk good about you. We won't talk bad about you at all. We'll talk nothing but good about you. <laughs> And uh, we want you to be a my Patreon partner. Go check that out. If you got questions about it, on the doc.org is our website. You can find all our stuff there and our archives and all that. And uh, info at on the doc.org is our email. And you can get a hold of Donna. Donna is our uh, person that 
produces our show and she'll get the questions to us and to the right people and get your answers, help get you directed. And I'm glad to be your co-host. Look at that. Look, look, look at that lovely picture and got my blue eyes going there. Beth likes it. But then even better is this good looking woman next to me. This is Mother Beth. And uh, this is us together. Gosh, that's our, these are our new pictures. Luke is still in his old picture, but we are hoping in episode four, we got to get a picture of him today. So episode four, we can have a new one and we got our own Donna Kroneski. <laughs> I got to get I got to work on that. Better. Uh, yeah, I'm doing better. Our executive producer, I'm calling her boss lady this season. Okay. I've got it right here. I've got it right here. It says boss lady. Yeah. O o OTD boss lady. She, cause she's the one that tells us when episodes need to go up. She calls and says, Hey, I, I need to upload this. She'll, she'll be called Colt. She'll be calling you like, you haven't put these up. Yeah. I can't load anything up. If I don't have it up, you gotta get it edited. <laughs> yeah. You know, that, I'm that's on a what, boss lady. Yeah. No, yeah. The boss lady, o OTD boss lady. <laughs> Yeah, because she's got the schedule. She, every Tuesday and Thursday come. She's got to have those up because people out there, they get, they're like, oh, we got to have our ODD fix. So she's in charge of that. And we got Colt over here this year, Kardashian Tech Ninja. Uh, that's a title. I, she came up with that. I, I thought it was great. Tech Ninja. Is that okay, Colt? You like that? Sounds good to me. Yeah, we need Tech Ninja. I'm a Kung Fu fighter. And uh, we're about building a stronger church series, the Resistance Training Camp, rule number three. We'll go back and check out rule number one and two in our previous episodes. You can find those at, here's a lower third chance, at onthedoc.org. You can find our archives there, and you can go find those archives and watch those previous episodes. You can also dig into YouTube or Spotify or iTunes, and you can find those previous episodes. Well, you know you can set up Spotify and iTunes to alert you uh, when we get new episodes for you to download. They'll just auto-download to your phone. So my, my Spotify just puts on the docker there. So I was in the camp the other day out with the men camp and, and didn't have good internet section. And I didn't realize my Spotify had already downloaded stuff so I could listen to our old stuff. Cause it, and you can do that with our church service. You can do that with on the dock. YouTube will do that as well, but you can download, but you gotta do that's a little different, but it'll notify you. YouTube will notify you when a new one's released, mm -hmm. but Spotify and iTunes will actually collect them and put them on your phone. And then you have to purge them occasionally your phone. Like Beth, she, she has no room in her phone for any pictures because the <laughs> phone's full. She's, she's bad. I take pictures now and, and do them for her because her phone has no memory. Um, and, and so, yeah, it's a dumb phone. She's got a smartphone that's uh -huh. become dumb. The memory is clogged. I take we're, too many pictures. We're in rule number three. Yes, yeah, she takes many, many, many pictures of all kinds of crazy and things. I don't download them. We're in rule three. Go back and listen to rule one and two. They're fantastic. Some great, great comments. We're going to look at rule three. And with rule three, we're going to take a look at the scripture of First Peter 5. 1 through 11, 1 Peter 5, St. Peter 5, 1, 5, uh, 1 through 11, from the New King James. I don't always read the New King James, but I like it. And it's one of my favorite to read from, but I don't, I'm using New Living more, but I thought New King James fit. Let's take a look at these two screens here. Uh, don't don't look down and read your Bible if you're driving. Uh, if you're watching TV, that's no problem, but we'll, we'll do this for you. And if you're listening, just... just we'll pretend like you're the British guy you're reading. Yeah, I'm going to try to do the British. Oh, Lord. I don't think I can even do that. No, you can't I can't do that. Do just do it yourself. Let me just do I'll, I'll do the pink guy. The pink guy. The elders... Who are among you? No. First Peter 5, 1 through 11 in, in Pastor Troy's voice. The elders who are among you, I exhort, I, am, I who am a fellow elder, Peter was an elder of the church, and a witness of the sufferings of Christ and also a partaker of the glory that will be revealed. That's the Holy Spirit. Shepherd the flock of God, which is among you, serving as an overseer, not by compulsion, but willingly, not for dishonest gain, but eagerly, not as being lords over those entrusted to you, but being examples to the flock. And when the chief shepherd appears, who is that chief shepherd? Comment here. That's Jesus. You will receive the crown of glory that does not fade away. Praise God. 
verse 5. Likewise, you younger people, submit yourselves to your elders. Well, there's a lot of that that's looked down on today. A lot of people think they know everything, and, and, and elders are despised, and older people are, are not seen, and you're not hip and not cool. But verse 5 says, submit yourself to your elders. That's your el- people in the church that are seasoned. Yes, all of you will be submissive to one another. It, it, there's an expectation there. Listen to that. Yes, all of you will be submissive to one another, to each other, both sides, and be clothed with humility. For God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Now check this out. Verse 6, therefore humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in due time. If you will bow and humble yourself, he's going to, in the right season, he's going to lift you up. Casting all your care upon him, for he, God, cares for you. Look at verse 8. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, your adversary, the devil walks about like a roaring lion. Remember, Jesus is the lion of the tribe of Judah. He's like a roaring lion as well, seeking whom he may devour. Verse 9 says, resist him. We're talking about the resistance here, training camp, getting you ready. We're we're talking about what you got to do here. Resist him, steadfast in the faith, knowing that the, resist him steadfast. Steadfast means to hold, to anchor yourself. Steadfast in the faith. Lock your feet in, your cleats, dig in, knowing that the same sufferings are experienced by your brotherhood in the world. Other Christians in other places for many times and many ages have suffered to get the faith in our hands. You carry that faith, and if necessary, suffer and enjoy it if you can, but hold the faith. That's what he's saying. Verse 10, but may the God of all grace, who called us to his eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after you have suffered, a while, perfect, establish strength, and settle in you. In other words, in due season, you're going to reap incredible blessing. To him be the glory and the dominion forever and ever. Amen. What an incredibly power text by the first uh, leader of the church, the apostle Peter. Jesus said to this man, Peter, be my rock. And it's upon the rock that he would build his church. And the Bible says the gates of hell will not prevail against it. This is the the stuff he told him to do. And you can see where Peter was the kind of guy that jumped out of the boat to go to Jesus. He was the kind of guy that would give his life to do it. And yeah, he sank, but nobody else got out of the boat. You know, he was willing to get out there and and suffer so that the Lord could be glorified. And in the end, uh, he glorified the Lord. Matter of fact, Peter, the story tells us, we we're clear, very clear, we're told by Josephus, that when Peter was crucified, guys, you'll love this, he, he died crucified like Jesus. Remember, this is the guy who denied Jesus three times that night in the, in the rooster crowed, and he didn't, he said, oh, I'll die with you, and he didn't. And, and Jesus said, you won't. And he did tell him, he prophesied, he says, someday you will, you know. But Peter, when he was crucified, he said, Turn me upside down. I want to be up. He says, I'm not worthy to die like my Savior Jesus. So turn me upside down because I don't want anybody to confuse me with him. And he was executed that way to honor the Lord. You talk about giving your life, knowing that there's a greater reward. His death was a witness that we talk about to this day about he died not to glorify himself, but to glorify uh, Jesus. I think it's just, just a powerful powerful thing. We're looking at rule number three, rule number three. And, and, and to get at rule number three here, let me see if I can, I got to get us to rule number three. I, I, somehow I'm not in the rule number three stage. Okay. All right. I'm all better here. I got to, got to find the right notes and find the right stuff and all that. 
the work of um, the work we do as carriers of the gospel, Beth, Donna, Colt, um, those of you listening on the dock, we're sitting around the table here together talking, maybe you're driving, whatever you're doing, but the work as carriers of the gospel uh, message and as team members um, of the resistance, we, we need to always remember that the work is being done in a carnal battlefield. We're doing it, it's real life, real world, real, real things are happening. We're gonna make mistakes, we're gonna make failures. I'm gonna screw up, you're gonna screw up. Uh, we're going to fail God today. Maybe I wasn't as good a witness as I should have been. Uh, maybe I was a better witness today than yesterday. It's a rough battlefield. We Sometimes we're, we're not our best because we're sick. You know, Beth and I have had a bug. It's not contagious, but we've just had intestinal problems for about a month. You know, we, we start more off with some. Yeah, more, more. Oh, it's well over a month for you. And I've had it off and on, and we can't get rid of it. We've taken uh, the, the antibiotics to kill the bugger. The bugger's gone, but that they just claim that our, our gut hasn't healed up yet. It's just the inflammation takes time. And when you've had it that long, it takes time. And it, it would remind me of, I've had a time years ago when I went to Africa and I came back and for about five weeks, I had this and I had a parasite, mm. you know, mm. I, but I, no, I'm not aware of having a parasite, but I'm losing. I mean, I have a lot of, I mean, look at this face. It's like, woo, woo. <laughs> you know, my shirts are fitting loose and you know, my pants are almost like 15 pounds in, in, in two and a half weeks. And, you know, you, you get times when you're not feeling well, so you're not your best you because you're weak or you're not able to answer the bell. So we all, it, it is a carnal battlefield. It's a human zone experience that we live. And we're going to have better days and worse days, but greater is he that's in us than he's in the world. It is a spiritual uh, battlefield. we got to remember that. And so when I'm weak, I can choose to let him be strong. In, in my, in, It's possible that I may not feel the best about serving Jesus today, but try to find the bright side of it or go, well, I guess if I'm not here, he could increase in me. I'm going to have to maybe depend on something more than me. I'm going to have to depend on the him and me or the Holy Spirit. Lord, I don't feel like shooting uh, on the dock today, but but I'm excited about who could hear the word. So I'm going to press on and push through knowing that five years from now, I find out that this word transformed somebody's life or somebody heard uh, Colt talk about in the last episode, go back and listen to J.G. Wentworth. He had a great example of, of, of how to live out that rule and, and the cost of not paying your dues or, or taking it too easy and not really working through it. You know, somebody may hear that five years from now and while you, you're taking your day off today, today's Colt's day off. He's, he's working, he works like four, 400 hour days, you know, where he, <laughs> he works like nonstop and now he gets like two extra days off, but he works 400 hours on the other day. So today's a day where he should be, if he was me, I'd be unconscious, but Colt's young. So he can do stuff like come help us. You still do it. No, I'm, but I'm your day off also. It is my day off. Yes, it is. I forgot. It is my day off. Sorry, Cole, it's my day off too. But but we're in this together, buddy. So but when I was your age, I, I you're smiling about it. I'm like, oh my God, it's my day off. You know, <laughs> you know, you know, you push through because it's a spiritual battle. And and you're gonna find out down the road that this is gonna touch people. You find out that this touches people, and then you go, Man, I'm sure glad that I suffered that day. But you never think that when you're suffering at the time. You just trudge step by step. When you're working out. You know, you never, the workout itself isn't good, but there's, there's a, about an hour after the workout, you have this pump feeling your body's like muscles, like, yeah, baby, you worked out. You don't feel good right after the workout. It's like, like 30 minutes, you got that groove on the muscles are swelling up. You go, yeah. Two days later, you're like crawling on the ground. Yeah. You're going, oh man, I can't do this again. And on day four, all of a sudden the pain's gone. You're ready to go again. 
exactly. Takes, takes four days when you, every four days you work on the muscle at your age. Yep. At my age, every seven. Your body gets older. It's, it takes three days just to remember what you did. Push pull legs. Yes, push pull <laughs> legs. Yep. So yeah, you do you do your you know you do your you do your push stuff. You know, then you do your legs. Then you do your curl stuff. Then you start back over on day four. You know, we you, you get another day on your legs. Then you start back the cycle again. So that's right. You know, m- Monday 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 Friday on this one. Gee, and then I you remember just, back yeah. way back in the past when we used to do that. We did body for her and I, her and I did body for life for years. And we, we you know we drank the creatine and the whole stuff, man. I was but I was ripping bitch pressing four fifty four twenty fives squatting seven fifties eight hundreds. I did that. I mean, nice. I, we 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 had body for life. We were like, <laughs> you know, had my creatine this morning. Yeah. Ate my oatmeal, drank my 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 whey shakes. We did all that. We looked good. We did. It. We had friends that were doing those. We looked good. We'd be on that five thirty in the morning, be pedaling on those reclining bikes, get, getting the heart rate up for twenty minutes. You know, did that this morning as well. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we do all that stuff now. I'm taking medication to make sure my heart keeps beating the right beat. So I'm working on that. It would probably help me if I start doing that. We're swearing that we're going to get back to that real soon. We are going to do it because it will be good for us. So we'll we'll get there. But you you, you know. We're in a spiritual battle. It's more, um, you know, if we understand it's a spiritual battle, then we'll get ready for a spiritual experience. And I, I really think it's more like today we're, we're dealing with spiritual cancer. In cancer chemotherapy and radiation chemotherapy, uh, they attempt to kill the cancer cells by pushing the human body to the brink of death. And they try to give you enough radiation or enough chemical protocol to kill the cancer cells without killing your last cells that you need to reproduce and stay alive. And where they kill you sometimes with the radiation is they give you too much and it nukes your heart or nukes your kidneys or, or gives you radio sickness and you can't recover. Or they give you too much of the protocol instead of just killing cancer cells, they start killing your white cells and your blood cells. The next thing you, you, know, you have an infection, pneumonia you get pneumonia and you die. die. Right, yep. right, right. That's why when they do bone cancer and they radiate your bones, you have to go in a bubble for a while until you get the bone marrow transplant because you have nothing to protect your immunity. Right. No red blood cells. Uh, no, not, out. yeah, no white, no red, no not, no nothing because you you don't get anything. And so you know, we have to fight the spiritual battle in the human body. Uh, but what we really need to do is target to kill the spiritual cancer and not the body of the host. We oftentimes, when we're, we're, we're dealing with spiritual issues, we target people and hurt people and we hurt them because we, we, we see it as a, as a personal carnal problem, but this isn't a carnal battle. It's a carnal battlefield at times because we're on it, but we don't, we, we realize when somebody's caught up in a lifestyle that's of God, we can love them and, and pray against the thing they're doing, the cancer. We can pray against the misunderstanding of the word of God or, or their lack of respect for the word of God. So, so we have to learn a, as, a, as a person how to fight cancer in the world, spiritual cancer, and, and, and not kill people in the process. And that is a big growing edge for the church, and we have to start with ourselves and our friends and those around us. And that has to be trained in us. We have to see the greater, we have to see despite somebody's lifestyle that what they're doing now, we have to see the potential of what they would look like if Saul becomes Paul. We have to see the Paul in people before they become Pauls and realize 
I was there by the grace of God too. And I could be, guys, I could be crazy right now. I could do all kinds of things. I was a wild dude. So, so I could be there and we got to quit forgetting that we were wild dudes and realize if I could kill the cancer in them, help them see that what their evil is, is the cancer and help them get rid of that. They could have transformative ability. And in my, in my 35 years as a pastor, I've learned early in ministry and, and I've really never been proven wrong with this. And I learned this, I think the first person that I heard speak this was Shane Bishop uh, when we were doing the Spectrum 2000 project. Um, he defined that we were looking uh, churches that were successful, individual Christians are successful, are ones that uh, fight spiritual problems with spiritual solutions. Spiritual problems can only be managed by spiritual solutions. I've kind of adapted that. And so as a result, we have to remember that spiritual battles require spiritual warfare, not attack on people. Right. And it, it's easy to, to, to tell our kids that we're not happy about something they're doing in their life, and, 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 and we're just so disappointed to be angry at them, and they perceive the anger as at them personally. And, and what we've got to figure out how to do, and it's hard because you, you, you can get really angry at them. <laughs> you know, you, your flesh goes, ah, you, know, you do that. And we forget we did that. We did, we did, we sinned. We, we fallen short of the glory of God. All have sinned and fallen short. And as a result of spiritual battles, if we don't, if we target them, they quit listening. But if we can target the cells and not kill them, or at least let them be exposed to radiation that shows there's hope in our testimony, then we can begin to do spiritual warfare and we can begin to, to use tactics that win. I think we have to learn that early on. We have to see hope in people, not lost. It's easy. I know, I know Beth, you and I talked about this with all that's going on in the world right now. It's just, you just want, sometimes want to hide. The world's depressing. What's happening with kids is depressing. But if we hide, how do they see our hope? Well, well, I don't have any hope right now. Well, your light is under a bushel. Right. It's under a bushel. We've got to get it out from under and show people, I'm here depressed for you because you don't know what you could really have if you had the other opportunity. We can let our depression kind of put that bushel basket, that's a good word, put our bushel basket over there and it causes the light to be diminished because of your depression for somebody else. But your depression for somebody else may prevent them from ever seeing their way out of their hole. So we got to fight the devil. We got to fight the cancer, but not fight the person. So we got to keep our lights on. I really think that's one of the most important things. And First Peter 5 gives us that clue that we looked at. Uh, for rule three. And let me target a couple of the verses in that. In verse three, he says, uh, uh, let me go back to five. I don't think I got five highlighted very good, but five should have been highlighted. Likewise, right here, likewise, you younger people submit yourself to your elders. Yes, all of you be submissive to one another and be clothed with humility for God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. You know, we've got to start by humbling ourselves. And and that's not just the person's a sinner. They've got to see the Christian humbling themselves and being submissive and loving God and loving neighbor and loving God. And we talked in, in rule two, fear, loving Jesus and fearing God, both. They got to see consistency. And then verse eight, what I really like about verse eight is be sober, be vigilant because your adversary, the devil walks around like a roaring lion. You don't want to be a roaring lion trying to devour. They're already getting devoured. But what we want to do is resist and we want to be steadfast. Steadfast is a good word. Steadfast is not hard headed and being an abusive parent, steadfast or a friend, steadfast is being tried and true. It's being, it, it's them, it's, even when you have to say a hard word to a child, a kid, a friend, a coworker, they, they know that you do it out of love. And even if they don't like you for a while, they do know, well, he did care enough about me to say something. And maybe they don't realize that then, but later they do. 
and, and resist him steadfast, knowing that the same sufferings are experienced by your brotherhood in the world. Other people have gone through this, and, and you're going to live. But may the God of grace who calls us to his eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after you've suffered, while perfect, establish strength and settle you. If you'll do these things, you're going to see victory. You, you'll see, you, 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 if you don't put the work in, you don't see the victory. We talked about it in the previous episode. If you don't put the preseason work in, you don't win the game. You don't win the, you don't win the season. You don't get to the playoff. You don't win the Super Bowl. If you don't put the work in in your daily stuff of loving other people, how are you ever going to be a witness to people? Because they'll turn you off. But if you can be a witness to people with hope, they start listening to you. And in due season, yeah, maybe you lose a game or two to them. Maybe eventually they go, man, Man, we're having a bad day. Maybe I, heck with it. I'm going to try Beth's attitude. I'm going to try Donna's play for a while. I can't even tell them I'm going to try it. I just got, Lord, are you there? If, if, the, if the Lord of Donna is there, would you help me like you helped Donna today? Sometimes you just do that. They just, you just, Elisha did it when he was trying to get back home. He couldn't get across the river. He had followed his, his mentor had died. He was trying to be like him, a protege. And he saw Elijah go across and he followed him. But when he came back, he struck the water with Elisha's mantle. It didn't open. And he got mad. And he said, he struck it again and said, in the name of the God of Elijah, he struck it and it parted. And then we hear that Elisha finally does greater works than Elijah ever did. But he had to learn to operate like his mentor. You know, I can I echo something um can i echo this word humble is just kind of resounding isn't it couldn't it be related to the respect issue from last episode oh yeah humbleness submission it's um, the same and all of these other things follow humbleness is get humbleness and respect respect is not fear being beat respect is the awesomeness of god and you understanding it humbleness here isn't um uh being weak Right. Humbleness is choosing to be a horse that lets you put a bridle on it. Right. It, it, the horse does that because he knows you'll care for him and you'll take care of him and you'll, you'll, you, you're a good owner, you're a good leader. Yeah. Humbleness here is treating people with respect so eventually they'll see that, that you're not trying to ride them in the ground, you're trying to get them in the right direction. It doesn't come instantly. You have to break a horse into that over time. They got to get to know you. Yeah. We got to do that with people that we witness to. And sometimes we're, we're just not willing to pay the, we're JG Wentworth on that too, uh, Colt. We just want people instantly to come to Jesus, come to Jesus. We'd, we just want them to meet our Jesus now. And they're going like, well, I'd meet Jesus if you'd show me him. But your attitude doesn't show him Jesus. You, you, you're more depressed than I am. You're more sick than I am. You're more struggling than I am. You have more divorces in the church than we, we do. You have more of this and that and this. And we don't look different. And, and, we face the same problems. We're going to make some of the same mistakes. But what we need to show people is how we overcome those by hope. Right. And yeah, 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 I, I, I face what you face. But when I get in that situation, I don't crumple. I go and spend time with Jesus. And he can help me overcome those things. But may the God of grace who called us, verse 10, his eternal glory of uh, Christ Jesus, after you have suffered a while, may he, may you, May that training in you, the core training, the prayer, the devotion, the service, the tithing, may that pull you back to your senses and go, oh, I'm back on the way of God. I'm, I'm, he's the way, the truth, and the life. And you get back in the groove, so to speak, and uh, to him be the glory. So I, I, I love this about uh, uh, Peter. Let me go deeper for a minute. The, the, story of, um, uh, the story of spiritual warfare champions of faith, I talked about a minute ago, Elisha. 
Elisha is the son of Saphat. Um, yeah, he was so fat. Saphat. S-H-A-P-H-A-T. He was so bold that when he had spent time with Elijah as master, he said, give me double. How do you ask for double from somebody that's showed you everything he's got? I want a double portion. I want what you got times two. Wow. And Elisha tells him, you know, when he first met him, he threw his cloak on him. Elisha was out in the field plowing, came by and he threw his cloak on him and said, God's called you. And Elisha says, I'll, I'll, I'll come here. Can I, can, I, can I go tell my family goodbye? He says, I don't care what you do. I'm just telling you God called you. And, and Elisha, you know, says, yeah, bye family. And, and I love what Elisha does. Elisha cuts up his oxen and he cuts up his plow and uses the wood from the plow to make a fire and then barbecues the cow. He has brisket. They have brisket sandwiches. They have beef ribs. They, it was a good day. It was a good day. Do you know when Elisha got called, the whole village was happy? He had 12, they had like something like 12 teams, I think. And one of the whole teams, they barbecued a whole team of oxen. So everybody ate good. The townspeople ate good. They were like, man, Elisha got called, you know, they always remember that. And to, he went on then and he follows Elijah. But then when he asked for the double portion, what's interesting is this is years later. He had to serve for years. I, I forgot exactly. I wish somebody had that. I think it's like eight years, maybe something like that. He served Elisha eight years. He, he carried, and I may be wrong about that. Somebody write Donna and tell her. Maybe it's going to Google that real quick um, so I can correct that before they just, just beat up Donna on info at, what's that, what's that email again? Info at on the doc, dot org. Yeah, just, just beat me up. Just say the pastor doesn't know how many years, but we're going to find out here. And uh, you can go to, you can go to, what, what's our Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Telegram, Getter. If you know how many years it was, but it, it was, it was significant time. Elisha basically carried the luggage and the water and the pail, and, and he had to do the food and the cooking and, and, and carry water. When you served a person, you did six, six years. Golly, you got that wrong. Joseph was 20 years, you know, um, six years. Thank you for that, guys. Six years. So I was two years off. But for six years, he, he did menial task for Elijah. And then he says, I want double. And what Elijah tells him is, is well, to get double, you got to be with me when, when I go. You got you to be faithful to the end. Faithful. Be there. And, and then all of a sudden we see at the end of his life, this is six years later, I don't, we don't really know when he, he asked that pretty early, but then at the end he gets, next thing you know, Elijah says, I got to go on a trip. You can go, Elisha. Elisha says, no, nah, I'm not going. And he gets to Bethel and the prophets come out and say, hey, Elisha, you need to get your own gig. You're cool. You're ready for the prime time, baby. Your, your dude's going to die. We've, these prophets are like prophesying his death. You're gonna, your, your master's going to die. So you need to come with us and be our new leader because all these prophets that were coming out were prophets of Elijah of his school. And they said, you need to, I got an itchy ear all of a sudden. Yeah, I hate that. Uh, you you, you got to, I never had an itchy ear, but I got an itchy ear. Yeah. Uh, you, you need to come with us. And, he, and Elisha said, nope. I want the double portion. I have to be faithful. He gets to Jericho. Guess what? The prophets of Jericho come out. The prophets of Jericho come out and say, you know, your master's going to die. You need to come lead us. Hey, you're, you, Elisha, you're the, you're the man. Come on, be the man. Elisha's out of here. He's done. He's so donezo. No, 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 no. I'm going with him. I said I'd be with him. I'll finish what I said I'm going to do. He gets to the Jordan River. They tell him then, don't go. He says, I got to go. Elijah strikes the thing, splits the water, as I told you earlier. They walk across on dry ground, and he gets out there on the other side, and that's where the double portion. He says, I want that double portion. He says, then you better be with me. And somewhere in that process, the chariot of God comes to get Elisha, and off he goes on it. 
And Elisha is running across the field trying to keep up with a flaming chariot, <laughs> hauling him off, you know, like a ship floating, like something out of Michael J. Fox and that when they do the little little car thing, you know. Back to the future. Back to the future, thank you. Yeah. Can you imagine that scene? A flying chariot grabs Elijah, and the last thing Elijah says is father, and, and he throws down the mantle, and it lands, and Elisha picks up the mantle. Matter of fact, he had to look for it, and he got his cloak, and he... That's when he has to go back across the river. And it, the river doesn't part for Elisha. It parts when he declares the name of Elijah. And he walks across. And the story of Elisha begins then as he has the authority to lead. And we see double portion everywhere. He got double portion because he humbled himself to do what he said first. He, was, he, he honored the man of God first. He honored his commitment first. He finished what he started first. And, and, and I'll tell you, uh, one of the things I do as a football coach and as a football player, uh, Colt, was I was a serious weightlifter, serious weight training. To be a defensive tackle, everything's in the punch press. So everything's in bench press, decline, incline print, getting up off the ground. So bench press, leg press, when you press in, it's might being able to push, you know, somebody 300 pounds and you're 300, 220, I was 220, I'm 300 now. But back then I was 220 and some guy comes off on you on 300 pounds. You've got to be able to bench press 350 or 400 to stop him. But even if he's 400 pounds, say he's 300 pounds and I can bench press 350, I can check him up. But if he's 300 pounds and my butt's 220, my feet are sliding. So I got to dig my cleats in. Now the question is how much can I leg press? I can 350 hold him and I can leg press 750. The problem is what happens? My arms can't hold 750. So now the shoulders got to step in. If you ever leg press, you ever been in a leg press machine where you have, there's some where you lay back and you squat, and there's some you get under and you lift? Right. You ever seen those? Oh, yeah. Or the shoots? I did the shoots because I was a defensive tackle. So the, I, I checked him with the push, and then you lean into him, and you let the tractor tires kick in, four-wheel drive, and that's when if you can bench seven, you know, if you're squatting 750, now that guy at 350 is like, ooh. Lock the hubs in. And you lock the hubs and you drive him backwards like a bulldozer. Here's your problem. He's 350, and if he squats 1,000, what happens? He wins. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. You're on the ground. You're pancaked. So then you, you flatten out, you know. So th there's rules to beat that. So if he's going to beat you, you drop down, you lay down, let him lay on you, and you got a pile in the hole. Now the running back's got to run around the pile, and then the linebacker has a chance. What you don't want to do is get pushed backwards because it blocks your linebackers from making the tackle. They get pushed back. They have to run around. The guy takes off. So you either beat the guy or you pancake, but you don't give up your hole. What you don't give up is your hole. You either beat him or you leave him in the hole. And that was the rule. And I think that's what we've got to learn. You've got to maintain your hole. If God's called you to do something, do what you've said. God called you to have daily quiet time. God called you to have a relationship. God calls you to tithe. God calls you to give. All those basic things he expects you to do so that when the resistance comes, you've got something to stand firm on. And if you can't do anything else, just hold the ground. If necessary, the last thing you want to do is get backed up. So what happens is if you're really good lineman and I played offense too, and you can get under that guy's shoulder pads and drive him back. Now you use him as a battering ram to beat up <laughs> linebackers. You're throwing the guy around and the guys, the safety of them can't get to the ball. So that running back is sliding off. When we give up the hole spiritually, faith wise, we cave or we compromise and people see that we cause other people to stumble 
getting around us. They see us lacking faith. They see us not working through our issues. They see us not resolving our conflict or doing, you know, and we all get beat on a play. That, that's every good football player gets beat on a play, you know. But the question is the next play, are you up there and people see, man, he's improved. Yeah, he got beat, but he repented. He got in the gym. He worked harder. He's studying. And now you're holding your own. And in due season, if you work it out, next thing you know, you're taking ground. And next thing you know, the guy's four yards back and you're sacking a quarterback or you're sacking or you're getting a loss. And now you're getting victory. It's this truth for spiritual stuff too. We pay our dues. We hold the line. Uh, we don't give ground. When we give ground, we give the devil room to move. You don't want to give the devil room to move. The Bible says, James uh, 4, 7, for this whole series, let me see if I can bring that scripture up. The whole scripture of the resistance is all about this text right here. So humble yourself before God. Resist the devil and he will flee. Resist means don't give ground. Resist the devil means stop him. And if necessary, die right there, but do not let him use your body to cause others to, to, to fall. Don't you be a stump. The Bible says don't be a stumbling right. block to other brothers and sisters. And we have so much of that happening today. I, and I blame Christians for that. I blame pastors for that more than anything right now because I see pastors not willing to lay it down, and it's costly to do it. it can, it's, it's hard on you, but we have got to learn to hold the line. I think that's important in our what do you What do you guys think? You guys feel that, 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 that there's a lot of that, uh, we're, we're not holding the line. And then the, the enemy's using poor examples of Christians to promote others to be poor examples of Christians. See, they're doing that. Well, the fall of any leader of any church now. Oh yeah. It's prime time. That, that is just a tool. It's just used. It's been used, it's going to be used, and now it's going to be highlighted and yeah. profiled, and it's going to be played on a reel. And I always think our mistakes will be played for us in heaven and how we handle them. Do we repent and overcome, or did we get beat? They're not just played now. They're caught on our phones now. Did, did you guys see this last week? I can't name the place, but there's a, a mayor in Alabama, city of Alabama. He was a pastor and a mayor. I sent you two of these this week, two different pastors that did stupid stuff. This mayor, who's also a pastor, also had an alternative life on the internet. You might look it up while we're there. Looked it up on the internet. Um, I sent it to you in a text message. Uh, and sent it to Donna too. It's crazy. It sent Donna, maybe she can put it up on this. But, but this mayor, Alabama mayor, you'll love this, and pastor had an alternative life dressing in drag. He has a whole female persona and lives a whole alternative life. And and what happened was it came out because he had a whole Facebook place where he lives as that alternative person and has an alternative lifestyle. And it got connected that he was this woman in curls that looked like a Raggedy Ann doll, you know, like a Miss Beasley doll, and, 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 and in his dress, and he was doing inappropriate things with people and talking in pictures and all, and showing pictures of himself as a look-alike woman. He didn't look like a woman. He, it, he got caught. He got put out. So his solution was put a bullet in his brain and kill himself. Committed suicide. He's both the mayor, so he's a leader in his community, a tribe, and he's a pastor. He's a shepherd of a flock. Let me just tell you, 
it's a it's a town in Alabama you'll never hear about, you'll never know about, you'll never know the guy's church. Don't you know the media has it running everywhere? The collateral damage is is tremendous. Yeah. I mean, I mean, and the guy called himself a a preacher of the word of God and a leader of a community, and he was living in an abomination life. And rather than deal with the sin of what he did and repenting, he yeah. killed himself. And now he, listen, he cannot fix that. You can't, you can't, you can't hear this from this pastor right here. This is, this is a real important thing. Suicide doesn't guarantee you hell. I don't care what any preacher says to you, what anybody says to you. There are people that are mentally ill that do not know right from wrong that take their life in a series of depression and they do it without being able to rationally think or be able to function or their own drugs. And you could be saved and in a state that you would take your life. And I believe you can still be a Christian. Okay. I, I don't think the, 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 I don't think suicide is the ultimate uh, middle finger to God. I've heard many preachers preach that when you, kill yourself. It's the middle finger to God. You've taken a life and it's an un unpardonable sin. That is not true. The unpardonable sin is not knowing Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. You could know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. You could fear God and take your life because you are mentally not stable or chemically imbalanced, or you've been put on a drug that causes you to be paranoid. And there are drugs they put these kids on today to deal with their Right now, I can tell you right now, I'm gonna, this can be controversial, so you're going to get a ton of stuff. There are, put the email up for, go ahead and put social media stuff. People can gripe, but if they want to. Almost every mass murderer, school murder, mass murder. This guy that just killed a bunch of people in Maryland, he was from the military. Almost every one of them are on uh, medicine for psychological disorders. And a lot of these medicines are so new that they don't know the side effects. And some of the side effects are catastrophic depression, paranoia, schizophrenia is evoked. And somebody could do something. And I think God is able to sort out oh, your yeah. love from a sickness. Yeah. But there are also people that just got caught being perverts. They they're taking advantage of children, and they can't handle the repercussions. They can't handle the repercussions, and they're instead of repenting and humbling themselves, they put a bullet in their brain because they don't want to deal with with the with the media, and so they just end their lives. So it's right. ultimate rebellion. It's rebellion. It's it is the finger of God and cowardice and yeah. cowardice because you're not owning your sin, right? And giving God a chance because the the pastor and the mayor could have said, "I got caught in sin." He could have repented. He could have changed. Somebody say, somebody may say to you, "What if he repented before he put the bolt in his brain?" Then he didn't repent because repentance means a change of direction, and you would need to walk in that direction and show people what you did was wrong, and you would need to right the damage you did to other people. And he could have become a spokesman for whatever he needed to do. So I, I'm just saying, suicide's not an instant trip to hell, but 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 suicide to escape repentance and responsibility, I believe is. And the unpardonable sin there is killing yourself before you repent, thus becoming the unpardonable sin. So that's just a sidebar. You can reach out to uh, Don. Did you put those emails? And I, I didn't even notice it there. But if you got questions, you got you want to challenge that. That's fine. If you just want to share that, I, I, we want you. We want to have real conversations here, 
and and there are Christians out there that think, oh, everybody kills themselves. You 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 let God sort that out. You right. just be a witness, yep. Yep. and you pray that God knew their heart and their heart knew God, and and you don't have to judge anybody. Right. Uh, John John three sixteen says, no greater love that God they that he gave his life for the world. And then 17 says he didn't come to condemn the world. If there's nothing to condemn, he won't condemn. If there's something to condemn, he'll condemn it. Our God is just. And if it's mentally ill, it's a result of bad medication, something that happened. God knows that there was a mental illness. I mean, I, I understand there are people that get in pain to the point that they choose to terminate their life by, by not prolonging their life. You, people argue that if you uh, turn your oxygen machine off, and you don't breathe because you could no longer hardly breathe, that you suicide. No, no, no. There were many generations that did not have the ability to prolong life like we do now. We can prolong life way beyond what somebody can call living. And so, you know, I'm not arguing about dignity and death or anything like that right now. I'm just saying God will know each person's heart. We don't have to judge that. But what we need to do is look at the fruit. This person's fruit that remained is cactuses and thorns. So, if we need to clean up our mess. And, and, and so I think one of the important things for me to say here is church, like I said earlier, uh, church in, in church, I'll repeat this again. The, the tactics of spiritual warfare are honed in the training room. It's in the training room where we earn our portion and double portion. It's the strength and stamina and the wisdom. It's the building to humble thyself and, and to be needed and to lead, to be led by the Holy Spirit that will help us in the spiritual battlefield of resistance, not checking out or cowarding out. Right. You know, what, what I, I didn't show this picture. I should have showed it when I was telling the story. This is Elisha being called. Elisha split in the water, Elisha spit in the water, and then him getting the cloak, and then he goes and does it. He had the discipline to follow through with what he said. We have got to do the same thing. And that gets us to where we're going to get ready to wrap up this episode and be done. I'm excited. You're going to love it. Here we go. Rule three. Double strength, double portion strength. If you want to, preseason training, if you want to be a champion player, you build that in the training room through spiritual warfare. You, you learn to pray early in your life for the basic things. And as the things get more serious and more, more important, your prayer life gets more able to handle it. You, you, you develop the ability to give when you're just starting to earn money. And then down the road, when money's more attractive, you'll still be somebody who puts God first in your giving. I have people that tell me, yeah, I tithed when I made $20,000 a year because that was just a couple thousand, but I make $2 million a year. I'm not giving any church, you know, $200,000. Well, how do you think you got to $2 million? God blessed you with everything you have. Right. Why would you not give God back the same as before? And it doesn't say we don't have a regressive tax on that. <coughs> We have, right. we have a balance. Yeah. So, you know, it's built in the beginning. Do things right at the beginning, and then he'll trust you with more. A little here, a little there, and next thing you know, you're in the playoffs, spiritually, so to speak. So double portion of strength is built in the training room through spiritual warfare. And what I want to really encourage you is that effective resistance training can only begin and it can only succeed in an atmosphere of spiritual warfare. And, and let me give you just these things real quick. How do you build that spiritual warfare in your life? Just a couple quick tools. Prayer life. Develop your prayer life. Personal prayer, intercessory prayer. Learn to pray in the Holy Spirit. Spiritual warfare prayers. Uh, learn how to pray for people through prayer warfare prayers. Speaking into people, speaking against things in the name of Jesus. Learn a prayer life. 
and there's multiple aspects to it. Get a good book, get a good spiritual discipline, get a good prayer coach. <coughs> if you went to our church, I'd get you with Jerry Barnett. I'd get you with Evelyn Jones. If you were up in the middle of Illinois, I'd get you with Karen Pauble. Uh, there's all kinds of people out there that can teach you spiritual prayer warfare and develop you through those levels. Find a good prayer warfare and begin to copy and then do it yourself and begin to see how God will work in it. Number two, worship life. Not just public. Get deep in your own worship life, your own connected, your own songs, your own time. Get your own channel. I I, do, I use Jesus Image Church. I like it a lot. I listen to a lot of it in the morning. I listen to a little bit of, uh, uh, um, uh, what's the other one? Bethel. Uh, Bethel. I listen to Bethel a little bit. Bethel's kind of where they came out of. So I listen to Bethel, but probably more Jesus Image. I do a lot of Jake's um, for preaching. Shane Bishop's church. I love to listen to my brother Shane preach. And I just get other stuff to help me out. Devotional life. You got to have it daily. You can't. It's it's like you got to get to the gym today. Uh, you know, are you going to the gym today? Already been. Already been. Okay. All right. You got to have your prayer life. You got to get in your word today. Did you read your Bible today? I did. There you go. See, it's, it's just the dailies. You got to do the, the, I call them the dailies, the desire, the hunger, the thirst. And the more you do it, the better you'll get at it, the more you do it. I did my reading this morning. It was so good. Discipleship life, being under teaching, get good pastoral care, get good mentoring, get other brothers and sisters that are ahead of you, other spiritual coaches in you. I've got different ones that challenge me to grow. So, so prayer life, worship life, devotional life, discipline life, all those will give you spiritual tools to do that spiritual warfare. And then you can take on, what's that? What's that? Oh, I went backwards. Rule three. That's how you build double portion. He didn't get double portion mag uh, uh, magically. He uh, Elijah made him earn it. He worked him at the end. He Look, he didn't just follow Elijah. He had to fight through other prophets that were trying to trick him. Oh, you've got us now. You can be prime time. You've got the money. You don't need it. We'll support you. No, no, no. I said I'd finish. I'll finish. I'll get my double portion the old-fashioned way. I'll earn it. He did it. And so we've got to do it the exact same way. Uh, church, we need a double portion heart to be the resistance for this age. And it will not come in the battlefield. It comes in the training room. Get started now. And as I wrap up the series, we wrap up these uh, the, the, the series for day rule three. And we take a look at this. You have to give it all, surrender all. You have to love Jesus and love God. And then to get that double portion, to see God really. Look, you in football again, defensive tackle, you have to take on that guy that's coming at you. To do that, you need double portion strength to push back on him. He's got weight. You've got weight. If you just meet and have equal weight, then, then you're just kind of standing there dancing. I mean, it's like dancing. Who wants to dance? Football's not for dancing. Football's for hitting. To hit that guy back and do damage, you have to have double portion strength. It doesn't come in the game. Well, and it doesn't matter if you have the double, he's coming. He's coming. Oh, no, then you're trucked over. Yeah, either you're way. Pick, you're being picked out. Hey, Colt, you're being picked out of the grill of the truck like one of those deer being run over. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, and you're 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 in the gym. You're getting double portion muscles for the day you need it, and then in in, in the Bible study and your devotional life, you're getting the double portion spirit so when the devil attacks, you can stop him and push him out of your way. Get him out of your family's way. Get him out of your kid's way. Get him out of your life's way. Take authority over him in the name of Jesus. But the name of Jesus doesn't come just as a name out the tongue. It comes out of a life that's dedicated to the discipline. 
There's a lot of people who say, oh, Jesus, Jesus. This pastor said Jesus. And in the meantime, he had a website where he had himself in drag and he was flirting with people and selling pictures of himself and dirty stuff and filthy stuff. He said Jesus. He loved Jesus, but he did not fear God. Right. He didn't surrender really all. He had a secret life. And he didn't get a double portion. Matter of fact, he sacrificed the portion he had. And now he cannot serve the kingdom of God. And churches around pastors are like, another one fell when he could have shined. We need more lights, not less lights. And the light of Christ is a little dimmer because a shepherd lost his sheep. Now his sheep, will, you know, someone will find a place, some will scatter. The ones that have real faith will hopefully find a home. And to be honest with you, they weren't being pastored by a very godly man. So hopefully God will help them. Lord, be with his family. Be with the people that, he, that, that lost him. And Lord, we know that he was a, a salvation away, a repentance away from having a testimony. Lord, help him. Lord, help us to have double portion strength. And we know, Lord, it's built in the, in the training room. And, and as I said just a minute ago, Lord, I mean, give us a double portion heart to be your resistance for this age. We need that. So, Lord, we love you. Thank you for being with us today. Thank you for those that are listening, Lord. I pray we would all surrender all, love you and fear God, and we would be hungry to get the strength built in the training room so that when we meet the enemy on the field, the resistance can win and not be defeated, Lord. Bless us, Lord. We thank you so much for this day. Be with each person listening, Lord, and touch them, Lord. Let them have these rules built into their life so they can overcome, Lord. And we believe for this whole series, our goal is, Lord, that we would see build, we'd see churches built stronger. And we pray for that in Jesus' name. Amen. Guys, well, we enjoyed it. Good stuff. We'll be back in part four for rule four. They all match right now. They won't always match. We'll be back part four for rule four. Come check that out. We look forward to it. Go to onthedoc.org. Check us out. All the episodes. Go watch the others. They'll all connect together here. Be one good message. Share that out with people. If we spoke to you today, talk about it. Uh, share it with others. Info at onthedoc.org is our email. If you want to write us, share your testimony. Maybe you need some help and you're, you're trapped in one of these lifestyles and you would like a ministry way out. Reach out to Donna. She'll connect with us. We'll get you somebody to minister to you no matter where you are. We'll find somebody that can connect with you and help. We want to help you. Don't use a bullet. Use Jesus. Don't, 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 don't take a coward's way out. Take a man or a woman's way out. Bend your knee. Invite Christ into your life. He can change it, and I'd be glad to pray with you. So if you'll reach out to us, we'll meet with you. We'll talk to you. We'll speak to you. We have people in this church, right here in this church, that came here because they reached out online, and we just went and had coffee together, and now they're serving the kingdom with me. So, so be a part. Of, we'd love to have you as a part of this church, whether it's online or here. We'll get you connected someplace locally where you can get direct accountability. But get with us on YouTube, Spotify, iTunes. Listen to more of our stuff. Join us on Google Play, Facebook. Facebook, Roku, Rumble, or Sermonette. We'd love to hear from you on our social media partners, which are Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Telegram, and Getter. Subscribe, hit like, notify, share this with other people. Hopefully it touched you. And we, we really want you to be one of our My Patreon partners or sponsors. Go to My Patreon, download uh, on, the, on the Dock with Pastor Troy, find out how you can be a part of that. If you don't have a church home, we would love to have you here at Community Faith. If you're in the Southern Illinois area, 
uh, come find us, coftv.com. You can take a look at some of our episodes and churches. Our church service is viewed at 10 o'clock on Sundays, 6.30 on Wednesdays. We don't really want you to watch it. You can watch it and, and check it out. We want you to come and be in fellowship. And when you just can't be here, stay connected through the Internet. Or if you're shut in, if you're away, we want you anyway. But we want to get you connected. We'll help you. If you're somewhere else, get online with us. Talk to us. We have spiritual greeters that will talk to you during the service. They'll help you get connected. And we'll help you find a church locally where you're at to, that, that's preaching the gospel and get you there. Hey, Lord bless you. We've been, we, we, we've enjoyed this episode. And again, uh, Mother Beth, thank you very much. Uh, Donna Kay, thank you. Colt, thank you. Lucas, thank you for working today with uh, as our executive executive producer and getting uh, Colt all dialed in. Our new tech ninja is doing a great work today. And we are here in part three. We're looking forward to part four. I'm Pastor Troy. Hope you've enjoyed this episode. We are praying for you, and we're hoping and praying that you will join us and be in the resistance. Get in training camp. Get ready. The devil is out there. He's trying to stop the church, and we need to build up a team that's stronger that can resist him. And if we resist him, the Bible says, James 4, 7, and 8, he will flee. Come close to God, and he'll come close to you. Let's get closer to him, and we'll be there with you. I'm Pastor Troy on the dock. We'll see you soon.